Hello. This week's guest, Chandler Lon, who goes by Chandler Singing on Instagram, is, well, she just finished up her second year of school at USC. She is a singer, a songwriter, a teacher, and she is in a special program at USC that is all about the business of music. And our conversation was about how she started, what has given her inspiration, what she enjoys most about music, and how at 20, she is forging her way in a different direction than most people her age. And it's very enlightening for a conversation to have with someone so incredibly young and at the same time, incredibly wise. And unfortunately, we were trying to capture her singing one of her new songs. And as she mentioned before we got started, it's hard at school to be able to find locations to be alone. So she was outside, you'll hear some background noise with airplanes, etc. And her mic failed to work. And we thought we had it all worked out. But sadly, the song didn't make it through on the recording. So it's unfortunate that we don't have that. And she is busy off traveling right now this summer. And so if you're interested in hearing any of her music, you can find her on Spotify. You can find her on Instagram, as I said, at Chandler Singing. And she's got videos upon videos upon videos of singing her songs, of singing cover songs. And she's just this, as she says, she wants to be the lightness and the happy and the joy. And that's what her music really speaks to. So enjoy this conversation, though it's short and we don't have the song to go with it. It really was an incredible conversation with an incredible young woman. Stories. We all have them. They're the compilation of your journey from where you started to how you ended up where you are today. Titanium Blonde is all about sharing women's stories. The good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, and everything in between all of that. I'm Sherry Eckert. This is Titanium Blonde Talks, and I'd like to know, what's your story? Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me today for another episode of Titanium Blonde Talks, the podcast for women, about women, and all about sharing women's stories. Joining me today is Chandler. She is a singer, songwriter, musician, and just an incredible young woman that I met on Instagram, of course. And I've been following her journey for some time. She is now in her second year of school at USC. And not only is she going to tell us about her story and we'll have a great conversation, but she's agreed to sing us a little music today. So please enjoy this interview. And Chandler, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. <laughs> now, is this your first podcast you've ever done? I think this is my first official podcast. Yeah. I love that. That's good. I like to be the first. Tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself, about who you are, about how long you've been singing and whatever you think that people would be interested in knowing. I'm originally from Houston, Texas. 
So going to school um, in Los Angeles is a bit far from home, but I do absolutely love it here. It's a dream. I've been doing music for about seven, almost eight years now. So since I was 12, um, I just turned 20, which was a big, big birthday for me. From Texas originally, here in LA now, I play three different instruments. I play piano, guitar, and ukulele. Um, I'm self-taught on the ukulele and the guitar. I teach kids music. I've oh, always done that's that. wonderful. That's, that's probably my favorite thing to do. I just do all sorts of different things. I love school. I love music. I love teaching kids. And I kind of like to consider myself a bit of a jack of all trades and do as much as I can, you know? Are you studying music in school? What is it? What's your ultimate goal with going to school? Yeah, so I'm actually, I'm a music business major. So okay. uh, it's a unique, pretty unique major. There's not a whole lot of schools that offer it. It's um, sort of an up and coming thing, but I study, I take classes like music law or like music marketing, but I also right. take some standard business classes like entrepreneurship and like accounting, uh, which is a great background to kind of fill yes. in the gaps between like the space that I've already had learning as an artist, you know, so right, I yeah. have this experience writing songs and playing shows and recording music, um, but learning more about the business that I'm getting myself into really puts me in a good position with a cool, like kind of unique perspective to be sort of prepared for whatever ends up getting thrown at me outside of school. Well, I would imagine that something like having a background like that will really help you if you decide you want to get a record deal or go on tour mm -hmm. instead of just being the artist and not necessarily knowing what's going on. You can actually look at contracts and understand and make sure that no one is taking advantage yeah. of you. No, exactly. I think for me, it's looking to furnish myself with the best possible uh, background and with the best possible tools and put as many things in my toolkit as I can um, for those sorts of situations. And also just like in general, like being a woman and like being younger and being in the creative industry. And it's like you really have to fortify yourself. I think yes. it's hugely, hugely important. And I think it shows. I mean, people really respect. I've just noticed getting that I've gotten a lot more respect when I know what I'm talking about and I can keep track with things and I'm kind of calling shots on my own and I'm staying consistent and like what I want and that's it's just made a huge difference. Well, and I just, I truly believe that knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that as women, that the only way for us to be able to break free out of the space of people treating us like we don't know what we're talking about or yeah. putting us in a position of disempowerment rather mm -hmm. than being empowered mm -hmm. is for them to be able to try and tell you that they know more than you or they know better than you. So what you're doing is really just arming yourself to be able to walk into any situation and be able to have all of your ducks in a row and say, yeah. speak from a position of power and speak from a position of knowledge. So yeah, kudos sure. to you for, for being so self-aware and involved in making a a choice that's really going to help you in the long run. I mean, no matter yeah. what you do, right? You know, yeah, no matter no, where you go sure. and what you do, so that yep. um, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. What made you, so was USC, the, is that the reason that you decided to go there was because they had the program that yeah. you were looking for? Yeah, this program, I mean, I, I've loved Los Angeles since I was younger. I've been coming out here for music things since I've started music, honestly. I've always been kind of a beach girl, and so was really drawn <laughs> to that. Um, but I also did apply to two schools in Nashville. There is a school, Belmont, in Nashville that also has a really great music business program. Um, mm -hmm. But once I found out that I got in here and I could be by the beach, I was, <laughs> I was gone. I was done. How long have you been performing live? Because I know that you were doing that 
previous to going to school, correct? Yeah. So I played probably my first live show when I was 12, 13. Um, wow. I didn't start really like regularly performing on a schedule until probably about two years ago. I actually had a gap semester in between graduating high school and college. And so all my friends left for college and I was stuck at home for another six months. So <laughs> I had to make myself busy. Right. And I'm kind of a, a little bit type A, a little bit hyperproductive, a little bit of a perfectionist. So I kind of oh, get gee, things done. Oh, gee, I never would have guessed that no, about you. No, never would have guessed that about me. Um, <laughs> I think most people can relate to that. It's just, uh, yeah, it's one of those artist, terrible, like paradoxical, artistic, creative qualities, I feel like. But in that six month period, something, one of the main things that I started doing was gigging regularly. So it was like playing restaurants and like playing um, different bars and uh, little places around my hometown. Uh, back mm -hmm. in Texas and at one point I was playing three to four shows a week which is like 12 14 hours of gigging wow a week which is crazy yeah. and I learned really quickly it made me really really get my stuff together and kind of prepare me for moving out to LA you know I wanted to have my chops down if I was gonna come out here yeah. and do this um, and pay for school and go to school and it, it that that made a really big difference and so those kind of sets I usually am playing cover songs and then I'll throw in an original or two. And then now that I'm at school, I'll try to I try to play a show maybe once a month. It's not something I prioritize super highly because I'm so busy with so many other things. Right. Um, but I enjoy it when the uh, occasional opportunity comes around. You get some unique venues and unique performances here in LA for sure. I bet you do. Yeah. I bet you. And you just went, I saw, I think it was in your stories and it's, I don't know, maybe a couple months ago, there was some sort of a show, like a music show or something like at a convention center where you were. Yeah. So that was actually the NAM show, which was in okay. January. That was earlier, right with the beginning of the semester. And the NAM shows in Anaheim every year. It's a huge, huge, okay. huge, like music, kind of like music tech and like music supply convention. It's massive. It's one of the biggest in the world. I work part-time kind of with a company called Centrance and they make these little portable interfaces that are really fantastic. And that's actually what I'm using for the podcast right now. But as kind of a woman in the music industry, tech side of things, especially before I came to school was something super, super intimidating to me, something that like freaked me out. It's a, like insanely male dominated <laughs> part of the industry. Like never worked it with is. a female producer. I've never worked with a female mixing engineer. So mastering tech was like one of the first things on my list of like, I'm gonna figure this out. Like I don't wanna be dependent on anyone else. There um, you go. So I just jumped into the show, probably like two or three weeks into my first semester of college met this company Centrance they made these little interfaces it was it's just super small it's like a handheld thing it didn't scare me it was the first time I hadn't felt freaked out by a piece of tech like a piece of equipment <laughs> and so I talked to them about it and I was just really genuine and honest and now about a year and a half later I work for them part-time and then I worked the show for them in January and I actually was like a salesman on the floor um, I, and love I was one it. of the only women in the entire freaking warehouse awesome. of tables. That's so impressive. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. No, and it was really, I was definitely like the youngest person there by far too. And it was just really cool experience for me to just be like, wow, like one year ago I walked into the NAMM show and I had 
no idea what any of the things on the tables were. I had no idea what any of these words meant that people were throwing around. And then like a year later, like I'm working it, like I'm working the show. And that for me was just like a hugely monumental part of just like, just like telling myself like I can kind of do anything I put my mind to, but then also just the, like getting out of my head about things and like stop talking myself out of things like with music and all, I mean, all sorts of creative endeavors. The thing for me that's so impressive with all of that. You know, I worked I worked in technology for years, back before women worked in technology mm, and yeah. back where I, you know, I pulled wire and installed networks and built computers cool. and yeah. and had and had no, I mean, I was all self-taught or taught by mm. the guys that I worked with. Yeah. That was back in the 80s. There was the only women that worked in tech in the 80s were women that were doing support. There was not yeah. a lot of women wow. that were actually yeah. doing, you know, the back end stuff. So, and I had a affinity for it. So I had a lot of great mm. mentors that were male, but no mentors that were female. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'd show up somewhere with my tool belt and my, <laughs> my hand cart with my computers oh, and my stuff God. on it and everything, yeah. you know, and, and show up to some of the, like a, an architect's office, which is very male driven for yeah. the most part. Yeah. And, you know, they're looking at me like they don't know quite what to do with me. Can can we help you carry that monitor? And that's when back when monitors weighed 50 pounds, yeah. right? They were before yeah. flat screens. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, just show me where to go. I can do it myself. Thank hmm. you. Yeah. But it's that I believe that open mindset of I don't know how to do this but I can figure it out yep. instead of going, I don't know how to do this and I'm afraid to make a fool out of myself yeah. or I'm afraid of yeah. what somebody else will say and to give yourself the space to be able to learn how to do it, make mistakes yep. and to seek out help if that's what you need. It's a part of how I came about to make this podcast was I had absolutely no idea how to do a podcast, mm. how to do any editing, mm -hmm. how to do any of that and figured out how to do it. And that's the part I love the most is after the actual conversations with people mm -hmm. is the the creativity of the editing piece of creating mm. the, the social media stuff it's and like the puzzle. sound bites. Yeah. It is. It yeah. is. And so I really enjoy it. The whole thing is it, it's truly a labor of love for me. And mm. so it's it's one of those things where when you're talking about this and going from a space of walking in, not knowing the language or the lingo or any of that, and in a year's time, so 12 months time, that's a really short period of time yeah. when you think about it yeah. in the overall scheme of things. For you to come as far as you did is is incredible, as well as going to school and doing everything else that you're doing. Yeah. So no, I was kudos to you. Worked really hard, you know, dead. Did what I had to do, but I mean, that's what I'm here for. I came all the way, I moved halfway across the country to learn, you know? So it's like, if I'm not going to put myself out there now, then when am I going to? There you go. So what is your, your ultimate goal? I mean, I know you released your own album. I guess that's dating myself by saying album. You released a collection of, of yeah. your own yeah, songs. EPs. Yeah, yeah, EPs. So that just stands for extended play. It's like a mini album, right. um, which I've done two of. And then I have the one single. I'm kind of working on another single right now. Artistry has always been, I've always had a really unique perspective on it, I think. I think for me, being an artist and making and releasing my own music has been about giving people a way to feel more connected and feel that their experiences are universal. And also for me, I think a big part of it too is keeping things light and happy and fun and like reminder mm. of just like the cute and sweet things and like light and brightness. And I think there's a lot of darkness out there and there's a yes, lot there of is. darkness in this world right now. And I think in social media can become really overwhelming. And I think my goal with it is just to be 
that little blip of sunshine in the three seconds you scroll past me in your day. I mean, it's really not much bigger than that. And then I think like outside of artistry and like outside of social media for me, personally and academically, like I would love to continue teaching. I work part-time at an elementary school. I teach music classes for kids and I love that. Um, I'd love to one day have my own school. That's one of the only goals that's stuck with me over the years. Um, wow. And teach kids and kind of like an after school, like extracurricular program, kind of a more relaxed right. than like a formal environment. But that's kind of what got me started when I was around 12 is a lady at my church found me and kind of dragged me over to her living room with a bunch of other kids <laughs> and taught us how to write songs. And I'd love to kind of be the music mom to a couple of kids when I get older. And then I think from there, it's just wherever kind of the wind blows me. I mean, I'm really big on enabling myself and putting myself in the best position for whatever opportunities come my way, but I'm really open. I mean, I'm a pretty, pretty open-handed. I've got some time. I'm in an incredible environment and I am all about just like taking opportunities as they come to you. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm assuming that your EPs are all, that's all self-produced and published. So I work, I worked with the producers on those okay. because they're there's some there's some really high quality things on those <laughs> on those albums. Um, would love to. Um, I'm actually working right now on getting to closer and closer to the point where I can start self-producing and releasing those things that I am self-producing. I make my own demos and things now. I'm still working on getting to like the level of professionalism that I would like to have. But I did write all of those songs that I have out. Those are all me. Those are all my words and instrument and chords and all of that and then on this most recent ep that i released last year i play lead instrument on every single song so i play like the piano on it if it's a piano song i play the guitar right. on it if it's a guitar song and ukulele and all of that just because i wanted to give myself a biggest like a bigger piece and a bigger claim kind of in my work and then that's something i'm still working towards now with the single that i'm kind of working on and then hypothetically with any future projects I'm planning to release, I'd like to get more and more minimalistic and get more and more like stripped down with my songs because I'm really okay. focused on lyrics as a musician. Okay. And also like, I'd love to do it. I'd lo I want to do it myself, you know? I'd uh, I love, love to that. Get to that place. Yeah. Have you ever listened to or heard of Rising Appalachia? I have not. What is? Oh, mm. well, you need to find them. Okay. I got exposed to them through a yoga instructor on Instagram, okay. playing yeah. some of their music in the Ooh. background and learned more about them. Went to see them in a show here at the Showbox in Seattle. No way. Uh, let's see. I guess it'll be, it's a year and a half ago. They were here in October of 2017. Okay. And they do this real, and, and they are pretty much all self-produced. Like when they put on a tour, I believe that they do a lot of it themselves and wow. they do a lot of things around the earth and mm, yep. doing, you know, foods and going to farms and yeah. talking about water yeah. and, and reverence for the water. And they do these little things before their show where they do a meet and greet and they'll sit you can come and they have a conversation. They mm. might sing a song or two. And it was incredible because hardly yeah. anybody showed up. I was like one of maybe 20 people. Wow. And it was so intimate and so incredible. And then they played the show after that. Mm. And they they release a lot of their songs like one at a time on Spotify. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And 
they're, I believe that they do all of, they create their own artwork on their t-shirt. Mm-hmm. It was, it's just an incredible, check them out when you get a chance yeah. and just go and, and see them. And, and they just have this really great thing. They're really building some more recognition these days. So yeah. it might be something that you might want to just reach out to them and say, Hey, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> I love, I- love those Yugi musicians, Yogi musicians. Those are, oh. Like, oh my goodness. That's my, that's my niche right there. Those are the type of people that I want to work with. I love working with. Those are all my related artists on Spotify or all artists that my yogis also use that I work with yeah. and things. Yeah. And that's been a huge thing. And then it was interesting that you brought up that at their shows, they do a lot of the awareness and environmental, like incorporating yes. a lot of that into yes. their music. That's my favorite artist of all time is Jack Johnson. Oh um, yeah, that's right. And okay. I'd love to be the female Jack Johnson. That's kind of like the goal here. Um, <laughs> okay. But Jack, Jack is great. And that's something he's always, always kept like at the forefront of his music. And I just have so much respect for, um, is especially for him specifically the ocean. The ocean I mean, yeah. he was a pro surfer and he yeah. grew up in Hawaii and all of that. And so big, big ocean guy. I'm a big ocean girl. But at one of his shows, he um, had, I saw him in Colorado probably three years ago over the summer and he had all these little booths and tables around like in the area around the show and there were different about like sustainable food sources and about water and the reverence and then the um plastic like reusable water bottles and things like that and then actually something that i remember most vividly from that show is that he had string lights hanging from the stage kind of over the seats these really big colorful string lights and they were mason jars so they were super super cute and um, they're multicolored and when you looked really closely uh, there's trash. He'd fill these mason jars with like plastic pieces of trash. And he told us at the show that it was trash they had actually collected like off of beaches. And they oh like had gosh. reused them for this decoration. So it was like simultaneously like really beautiful, but also like really heartbreaking. And just like, wow, like how much content, plastic. physical yeah. content they're able to go and find and pick up. But I think it was really cool. And I mean, clearly it was effective. I mean, that's one of the most, it's that image is totally burned into my head. Yeah. I'm for something. And I think it's really cool cool for musicians and for bands to have a cause you know to have something sort of universal that defines them and that they can get behind and they can get other people to go behind and sticking to that I think consistency with that is really important I think it would be difficult to kind of be tossed around by the sands and have everything kind of be your thing but I think when you musicians really find that niche and find what calls to them and what speaks to them and what they can speak passionately about I think that's hugely important for artistry I think that's a huge part of branding and what you do so well and I think that it allows you to bring those parts of your life that are separate from your craft and your creativity in terms of your music, but are still big parts of who you are as a human being. And that Mm -hmm. just makes you more than just the person who stands up on the stage and sings and plays music, but there's a depth to behind what it is that you're doing. And, you know, those, that, that depth can then enlighten people more about why you write the music that you do, why, you know, those sorts of things. I think that it's more than just standing up on a stage and, you know, like the hair farmers in the (laughs) seventies. Yeah. So who has been the biggest inspiration in your life? Musically or like my whole life? Just your life, anywhere in your life Mm. that makes sense to you. For me, I think Obviously, this is a little cliche, but my biggest inspiration, I think, is my mom. And in that in that way, maybe differently than some other people regard their moms. But for me, my mom is the biggest example in my life of just, like, resilience and strength and staying, 
like true to yourself and the authenticity yeah and just staying grounded within yourself and like not getting caught up in what other people are doing and what other people do my mom's kind of always been like her own her own special bird and done her thing and that has been such a great example for me and like role model for me and like what I want to do in my life and I think it's a huge part of why I've been able to get as far as I have is just because no matter what like as far as I get from myself or if I get distracted and things happen she's always there to kind of root me back into myself whether that's directly or indirectly just by like her example and that's just something that I admire immensely and still do and that I work really hard for every single day to try to do as much as I can. That's awesome. That's great to hear. What's something that you wish more women understood in their lives? I think kind of on the similar note with why I admire my mom so much, I wish that more women were more confident in themselves and understood the innate power that they're born with. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's something we each have our own unique talents, unique personalities, unique perspectives, completely unique combination of traits and qualities that no one else has and no one else can take away from us or change or manipulate or damage and it's like we are inherently the people we are and there's so much power and coolness in that to me just that like no one is me and no one is you uh we're each just our own and what we're able to create and share by like owning our truth in that and like owning our power is just the absolute coolest thing to me like i just I wish more women and more girls like felt confident in that and like understood that like them just existing is such a unique and special thing and like their inherent value that they have because of that like stick with it girl like get it like believe in yourself <laughs> just it's so interesting because I'm I'm listening to an audible book by Carol Dweck that's called Mindset and she talks about two different mindsets the fixed mindset mm. and the growth mindset And the fact that the people who have a growth mindset, which I would say you do, is that they don't allow their worth or their abilities to be dictated by what someone else thinks about them. Yeah, it's huge. That they can, they give themselves room to make mistakes. Mm. They give themselves room to learn new things. They give themselves room to explore all kinds of different things. And they look at education as the possibility to be able to learn things that they never knew. Instead of having to walk in the door going, well, I know this and this and this, so it makes it safe for me to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. It's that risk taking, that's ability to be able to step outside of your comfort zone Mm. and push yourself further. That is that growth mindset. So the thing that hit me so hard that I heard today, the thing that I want to help teach my granddaughter that I think mm. that I did a pretty good job with my daughter <laughs> is, is having them understand that no matter who they are, no matter what they do, mm-hmm. no matter where they go in life, mm-hmm. that through their own ability to work hard and to learn new things and to find out what drives them in terms of what they're passionate about or yeah. what 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 they love to do is that they can be unstoppable that no matter mm-hmm. what anybody else yeah. says that they get to own that and be in yeah. charge of that and yep. I think that exactly that's right. what you're talking about is exactly mm-hmm. that is that mm-hmm. you just can do whatever it is that you want to do and you don't have to have someone else can have whatever opinion they want to have and that doesn't have anything to do with you yeah no exactly exactly right 
it's interesting because you're the you're the beneficiary of your mother living her life like that. Yeah. And you think about how many generations had to happen for that to actually happen yeah. because that's sort of an anomaly. I mean, that mm -hmm. it, it, mm -hmm. as women, we get marketed to, sometimes we get indoctrinated through religion, through family, through yeah. whatever it is of, yeah. you know, this is, this is the space that you're supposed to take up and you're not supposed to step outside yeah. those lines. Yeah. I just think that there is a whole generation of women and then the, the generations that came before them that are actually going, you know what? I don't have to live my life that way and you don't get to put mm -hmm. me in that box. Thank yep. you very little. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So then this is going to segue into this question. If you could have a giant billboard with any phrase, what would it be and why? Oh, goodness. I saw this one on the example sheet and I was like, <laughs> I have no idea. Um, well, maybe like a little different than like rooting in your own power. But I think for me, like what I would put on a billboard, depending on where the billboard was. Um, Could be anywhere be, you want to would be. Would probably be Ephesians 320 for me because... I have had, I was raised, like, obviously I grew up in the South and, like, grew up in Texas and, like, the Bible Belt. And so I had, like, grew up in this very conservative, like, strictly religious, like, environment. And then obviously, mm -hmm. like, grew out and moved to Los Angeles and have, like, been growing and developing on my own. And, like, through music, like, you connect with very, very different types of people and yoga and lots of, it's all been part of my journey. You know, it's all contributed right. to part of my journey. And something that has stuck with me, like, throughout all of that, though, has been, like, Ephesians 3.20 because which the verses I'm going to poorly paraphrase here but it's something it's okay. along the lines of like God can do more than you could ever ask or imagine and that to me was always such an inspiring thing it wasn't like oh I have to have faith in this thing that's bigger than me to do things because I can't do them it was more of like this motivator for me to like do my biggest and do my best and know that something else something greater is going to top me on it like can do even more than my most and like I consider myself a pretty imaginative person and like a pretty hardworking person a pretty creative person so for me to like expand my goals and like my dreams and like what I think past like my limits um, and to understand that like there are things out there that exist like that I can't even conceptualize and that are cooler and like more empowering and more inspiring and like better than anything I could imagine is something that really keeps me going because sometimes I just hit my limit you know and I'm just tired and I'm rooted in myself but maybe it's like things around me aren't panning out the way that I thought or things aren't happening and like you losing control around the situation and things and for me like understanding like okay there's more outside of my little bubble and there's a lot yes. more going on than me like that that's huge I mean that's that's been hugely monumental that's Awesome. Thanks. So, you know, that that's a, that, you know what? That would have to be like probably on multiple billboards, but that's good. Big, big, bill, big billboard. But maybe we just, maybe we just put the, maybe we just put the Vision 320 and then we'll put my Instagram and be like, DM her if you have questions. <laughs> that's the most the expedient explaining. use of a billboard ever. I'll save, I'll save you some money. I'll do it like the efficient way. Where do you feel most present? Either playing music and by playing music writing music writing okay. music I okay think, or in a yoga studio okay i, I was like, gonna add that was gonna be my next question is because i know a yeah. lot of yogis use your music including yeah. including myself uh -huh. so do you take regular yoga while you're in school yeah i do i like hot yoga i grew up doing bikram my grandparents did bikram which is not how most people are introduced to yoga but that's part of my story i went to my first class when i was eight 
on Thanksgiving. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And so grew up in Bikram, which is like very hardcore and like very yes. regimented and intense. Yes. Um, it's a great way to get started though. Great way to get in it. And then since then, I've, I've always done sports and things as well, but grew out of Bikram and then started doing uh, hot classes out here with like Vinyasa Flow, which I really enjoy. And I just, I do that as much as I can. I love classes. I love like group settings. And for me, it's there's just something about the heat. I'm like a very warm person, both like physically and I think emotionally. <laughs> and so I, there's something about heat for me that I just like being a part of it. Well, and there's something about, for me, taking a class is one thing, but actually teaching, there's something about the energy in the room in a yeah. class. I, I can do, I mean, I have all the tools and all the knowledge to do yoga at home on yeah. my own. And, yeah, and I do. <laughs> but the reality is, is that being in a classroom and the thing for me as an instructor that I've noticed after all of these years is there is something magical for me when everyone starts to breathe in the same pattern. They're yeah. all breathing and moving together. And it doesn't always happen in a classroom where the entire room, where everyone that's in the room just clicks in together and they all start moving. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like this wave of it's motion. Incredible. Yeah. It is incredible. And I try to explain to students afterward, it's like, you know what? I get just as much back from you as you get mm. from me when I give to teach the class. There's, I can be tired, I can be not feeling well, whatever mm. it is, and I'll walk in that room and within you know 10 minutes of teaching a yoga class in the beginning, it's like I'm plugged in and I feel the energy in the room and it just changes everything. It's, yeah. it's this very, wow. it's, I don't want to say it's a bubble cause it's not really a bubble, but it's this whole, just very different space to be. And the world can be going on outside doing all of those things. And we are just that in that microcosm of that moment, there, breathing and mm. moving together. And yeah. it's one of the most inspiring things that I do in my life. Yeah. It's, that's super interesting because I think like, I feel something very similarly too. like when I teach kids. Yeah waking up at seven and going to elementary school with like screaming 10 year olds is like not everyone else's idea of a good time but for me like dragging myself out of bed like whenever i'm teaching and getting over to the school and like bringing in my markers and being like we're gonna have a good time today guys as soon as i start talking to those kids and start presenting then it's like oh i remember why i do this it's like oh yeah this makes me feel better and like oh yeah which is very similar with like writing music and doing yoga to me it's like those mm -hmm. are things that like fill me up and it's that right. thing where it's like sometimes you just have to like kick your own butt and be like go do this yeah. like, you don't want to do it but like it's almost instant instantaneous um, yeah. when you remember just like oh like this fulfills me this makes me feel better this makes me be present whatever it is and i think it's the same thing i tell my yoga students the hardest thing is just to get there because once you're there you're so glad that you're there yeah but just to you know if you leave directly from work and go right to your yoga class if you're you know work a, a regular nine to five mm -hmm. five job is to go directly to your yoga class because i guarantee you if you go home and your ass touches the couch yeah you're not no, you know, then you're a done. A hard time peeling your butt cheeks off of the couch. Yeah, the and I think again. I think something someone told me one time too. I think it was one of my first instructors back home, and he was like, "Yeah, you're never gonna like regret going to yoga class. Mm -mm. You're never gonna be like, wow, I wish I went to less yoga. I just don't, <laughs> I just don't think that's something that really happens. And for me, it's like, huh, I wish I taught less kids. I wish I wrote less music. Like, that's that's never gonna, you know, I'm never gonna have regrets for doing the things." that fill me up, that, that empower me, you know? Right. 
Yeah. Well, and those are things that probably also fuel you when it comes time for you to sit down and write your music and do all of that. It's all of those experiences that fill up your cup that can then, you know, yeah. give you that space for the creativity yeah. that you're tapping into. Mm -hmm. So are you teaching the kids music theory? Are you teaching them how to write songs? Are you teaching them how to play instruments? What are you doing when you're so working I, with the kids? I teach in two different kind of veins. So I have taught private lessons on my own since I was 13 to just kind of started with kids girl down my street and then it became kids in my neighborhood and then it became kids all around in my city and then it became you know whoever had my number and wanted me to teach their kids lesson so I probably taught and continue to teach when I'm back home it's around a dozen kids um, and then when I'm at school I have two or three of them that maintain lessons over Skype and those I usually start focusing on a primary instrument either piano or ukulele and mm -hmm. I kind of get basics down with that and then my goal for all of my kids on my individual lessons is to get them to songwriting because that's my favorite thing to teach. And in sort of a similar way, so about a year and a half ago, I started working with a program at USC and they partner with elementary schools in the area. And so they use college students and you go and you teach in schools in like the South Central LA area that like don't have funding mm, for yeah. like a music program. Right. Um, and so you go there and you teach with them and that's a weekly thing and you teach kids of all different ages. And in that kind of vein, like I create my own lesson plans for those. I love that. I, yeah, which is really fun. And so what I have is I've created like an eight week program that we kind of do. I just finished my second semester teaching it and it focuses on songwriting and it teaches kids about different songwriters and like how to write songs and like we're all creative and we can all do this. And it's Oh, just, I love that. It's really fun. Yeah. It's, it's, it's well, like that's such favorite. a great thing because, you know, a lot of those kids don't realize that they can do that, that anyone can do it, that it isn't yeah. specific to where you live or how much money you make or any of that stuff that you can, you can do that no matter where you are. Yeah. No, I think it's super important. Let me ask you this. When negative emotions arise, how do you deal with them? So I am super bad at like negativity and like <laughs> bad feelings. I just completely, the complete antithesis to my entire personality and like being. So I figured that because when you were, go ahead. Wait, when I, no, wait, what did? <laughs> well, no, because when you were talking about your music that you wanted it to be light and you wanted it to yeah. be a source of of happiness and uplifting because there's so much dark. So that this, I'm curious to know how you deal with your negative emotions. Yeah. And so my first instinct is to run, um, oh, <laughs> which I've learned okay. over time is like, not, okay, not the way to go. So <laughs> I have found like something to be really helpful with me, especially in the past two years, just journaling. And it's something that's super hard and it was something that I was super bad about doing regularly until I kind of realized like, hey, this doesn't have to be like a complete formal structured five paragraph essay. Every time you journal, right. you could just jot down these notes. And for me, the biggest thing with journaling and negative feelings is just like making negativity, like making bad thoughts or bad feelings or whatever, making it tangible. And for me, there's something in the power of like seeing it written on a page where it's like, okay, it is contained. It is in this place. I can compartmentalize this and separate it from like my day-to-day -day life and like see it objectively, right. take time from it if that's what I need. That's been huge. That's probably my biggest, biggest, and then go to a yoga class because I just, <laughs> I just like it. <laughs> well, it's so interesting because our April topic talk that include, includes myself and then Yogini and Heels, Jenna and mm -hmm. Bentley Like the Car Bentley mm -hmm. are my two co-hosts mm -hmm. for that. And our April talk was all about anger 
and fear and mm. how do we handle with those things handle those things and it was interesting because jenna is she this was a rough one for her to do and she admitted mm. at the end of the podcast that she spent 50 minutes with her stomach in knots mm. to have to actually talk about mm. this stuff because like you her first thing when it comes to emotions and negative emotions and anger is to run, yeah. right? Is to yeah. is to to move. And she said, you know, I I almost asked you to exclude me from this one. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but she said I I decided to stick it out. And the thing that that Bentley mentioned, she worked in a school with kids, so she had to learn to handle mm. her negative emotions. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things that she talks about was going to yoga to help her deal with her negative emotions. Yeah. No, and it's huge making it physical. So it, and, and it's, it's interesting how in our families, as we grow up as kids, what goes on with how people talk about emotions or deal with anger mm -hmm. or all of those things are something that become ingrained. And we take those with us as we go out in the world yeah. until we get to a point where we go, you know, maybe that's not really working that well for me. Yeah. Anymore. yeah. <laughs> so at least you're aware. I mean, I, that's, that's great that you're able to say, I realize that what I do is my first inclination is to run. Yeah. So what can I do to, to make that be something a little bit different mm -hmm. and be open to that? So that's incredible. Thank you. Out of all of the mistakes that you've made so far in your life, is there one that you would repeat? Again, along the same vein of like the negative emotions, like making mistakes is not my favorite thing. Even though I know it's super important and like conducive to growth, it is not my most favorite. I think maybe, hmm, I feel like I can definitely think of like mistakes that have helped me grow. That's um, what I'm after. But yeah. I can also like think about the ways I could have done it better. Like I'm, I'm this endless kind of optimist in like a self-deprecating way of like, ah, the mistake did help you learn, but kind of took the long way. And like, I wish that I had still done things a different way. So I don't know if there is like any mistakes per se that I would like want to completely repeat, like just straight up. I think well, but you could always make it, you could always make a different choice and do it differently though. Yeah. If you no, I think, I think like for me with mistakes is like having the maturity and like the awareness to like look back on them objectively. Like, I think that's super important. I think that's, it is. And for me with mistakes, right like I don't like them. I don't enjoy them. <laughs> um, but like looking back on it in my life, they've been some of the most pivotal points of like growth for me. And so I think being able to like, that's why like writing them down is important too because I like to when I make mistakes just like forget about them and pretend they didn't happen and something about <laughs> writing them down is like gives is me that ability there, there. to go back and be like yeah. oh wait you did this and then things got better afterwards and I was like oh that's how that and it gives me like tangible points of progress too which is like really big and really helpful so well it is helpful to be able to have that do you have siblings yeah, I have two younger brothers. Oh, so you're the oldest and I the only am. daughter. Yeah. Gee, that's sort of the same space that I'm in. What are you? What are you as far as when's your birthday? I'm an Aries, so you're an Aries. I am like one of the most typical Aries Aries of, of all time. Are you stubborn and bullheaded? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to just kind of kind of go my own way with things. It's got me. It's got me pretty far, but. <laughs> Well, my daughter is an Aries, so I'm okay. used to to that um, emotion. And yeah, what those, are you? Uh, Gemini. Oh, got it. Yep, cool. Yeah, so um, you know, I I am the 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 dual person. I'm a true Gemini mm. in mm. a lot of ways. Interesting. 
But uh, my mom's an Aquarius, so if that helps explain ooh, some of the mom. Yeah, cool, that explains like, a lot of. Yeah, like that own. explains a lot about your mom. And then I'm just like, go, 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 all the time. <laughs> well, I, I was gonna say, I mean, based on what you have done with your music so far, you have been pedal to the metal for yeah. a lot of years. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty impatient as a person, so. Well, I, I, I understand that completely. You just gotta yeah. go, go, go. Yeah, you what you're doing is, is you're arming yourself with all of the knowledge that you need in order to take control and pursue the path. Yeah, without having to rely on a lot of other people that you have given yourself the capacity to be able to learn to take care of the things that you need to take care of. Yeah, which is, that's, that's really important. Thank you. Yeah. Who do you go to with tough questions? Usually my journal. Big, big promoter of the journal and the conversation today, clearly. But for me, I found it best that I can, my tendency kind of in avoiding tough things and negative things um, is that if I go to other people immediately, that I end up just putting the sole responsibility on them of deciding and then being like, you deal with this and then just tell me what to do (laughs) and I'll do it. But I don't want to have to handle this right now. And so something that I've been learning, like actually relatively in recent months has been like, writing them out and journaling them and like making myself like think through options and like making pros and cons lists and there you go figuring things out in like my own headspace and then taking it to people I trust like close friends or like my mom or right whatever the situation pertains to and like taking to those close people like taking into account like their bias and like their perspective on it but like having already like become solidified in like my foundation of my perspective on the situation the question first instead of just avoiding it and absorbing whatever anyone else tells me it's been so then that gives you the space to be able to take the time like you said to absorb it and to figure out exactly how you feel about it and then when you go and talk to someone else that you trust you're getting some maybe some insight that maybe you might have missed yeah but not necessarily allowing that to detour you from you know you might add that information to what you've already gathered yeah but not allow it to derail you from this the path that you've chosen yeah and kind of just like staying sure of myself and like maintaining my own opinions and knowing what those are like knowing what I think about a situation before I allow someone else to tell me what I think about a situation which sometimes is easier I mean it's kind of a cop-out sometimes I've noticed for me a lot so it's like no do the work take the time (laughs) figure out what you think and then ask people about it you know, that's pretty incredible for someone your age. Oh. I'm not trying I'm not trying well, to, to say that you're <laughs> you know, too young or anything, but I you know, I wish that at your age I would have had the hmm. same sort of approach to life because it would have saved me a hell of a hmm. lot of time. Yeah, I've done but some work. <laughs> that well and, and that's just at twenty years old to have that sort of introspection and capacity to be able to do that is is truly incredible. Thank I hope you, you so much. Yeah, that means you really lot realize just how incredible that is that, that not everybody out there walking around is like that so <laughs> that you. that's really great as you're working in your creative mindset and getting ready to create some music what is it that you do to create space for your all of that creativity to flourish i mean is there do you have sort of a set place where you go do you have sort of a practice that you do before or is it just kind of you just go with whatever feels right in the moment for me creativity has been something that's always come really spur of the moment that's something that a lot of people ask me about as a songwriter some people are very regimented in their songwriting and will make themselves write a little bit every day or write a song a week or something i've always done better if it's been purely inspiration based if it's 
something happened and I want to tell it since I'm such a storyteller it's really hard for me to write a song yeah. if I don't have a story to tell <laughs> but I have found like in college like especially it's hard finding spaces just to be by yourself and to not be around yeah. people my favorite place for the past year that I've been here has been the laundry room <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, it's really quiet in there, and it smells really good, and it's warm, and I write there, my best songs. That's again. where I, there it is, and I just I write my best songs whenever I'm in the laundry room. And sometimes people walk in, and I'm sitting on a dryer with my ukulele, and they kind of give me a funny look, but it's art, you know. I just. <laughs> Oh, God, I love that. That's hysterical. That's been the one That's... consistent thing since I've been at school. <laughs> I'm assuming that you live on campus then. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I plan on doing that as much as I can. Since, I mean, USC is right in the city. It's in LA. Right. Like, I was going to say. It's it's so hard to find housing anywhere else that it's just better to. To stay on campus. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, Seattle's expensive, but boy, LA yeah. is really frightening to think about the cost of living it's, there. It's it's a little churches. <laughs> really happy to be here for school and like not have to just like live here. What does approaching a breakthrough feel like for you? Oh, I love that question. Wow. I think initially, like it feels like a lot of. I feel like I'm out of control, and I feel okay. like I've like I'm kind of like spinning and like I've lost control around me and that things aren't going my way oftentimes and things just start they kind of stop working and I get really angry and upset and I usually get very controlling and like the more kind of like the harder I grip then like the more it slips through my fingers sort of thing and it's right. like this why is this happening like why does everything feel crazy or whatever and then afterwards just then there's that moment of like breakthrough and for me like the biggest tell is like when things I feel start shifting and when I uh -huh. feel like things do start going maybe not the way that I want them to go, then I'm like, oh, like change is coming. This is good. This is a breakthrough. <laughs> and like learning to be comfortable in that discomfort like beforehand. Right. That's that's so important. Yeah. Well, I would love you for you to sing us a song if yeah. you would. Yeah, I can I can totally do that. Let me adjust uh, this microphone. Okay. And see what I can do. see what I can do. 